0: Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jays, Crest, Top three corner man, punching in. With a punch of chance, we find a way to win. The main event, locked it in. Every Saturday attend. The overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fist cuffs, slide of hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing weight. step stepping late. Keep your guard up feeling faint from a faint. Take a standing eighth and aid, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move, bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round. Bells ringing, counter. Punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging. We bring in crosses with no worship, hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry, curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats. Relax if you want the facts, because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs. Welcome
1: to the throwing jabs podcast. I'm Joe McGuire along with Jared Jones, our homeboy. Jace Garcia will not be joining us today. We've got uh, a, a lot to talk about. And oddly enough, Jared, it's sad that he's not here because he didn't make any ridiculous picks that he would have had to uh, defend. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's the part I feel bad about. Uh, so we'll start things off with do a quick recap of uh, some of the fights from last week. The Korean zombie, Jen Sung Jung, defeated Dan Ige. The uh, unanimous decision, it was uh, a great effort, I thought, by the Korean Zombie, the kind of fight he needed in his return. Jared, the question is, can the Korean Zombie get back into the featherweight title picture after this fight?
0: Um, I want to say yes. He strikes me as the kind of guy with the skill set that could give anybody problems on a given night. Um, and this was a perfect example because I I totally expected uh Ige to dominate the clinches and the ground position, and um, Jung's skill set's a little bit different than that, so that's why I ended up picking Ige, was based on grappling and ground control, and he didn't look better anywhere. So, yeah, I think, yeah, Yugi gets the right opportunities, and uh. He can make it work. This is the type of guy that can make it work. He's just engaging with, without, with, you know, with a different kind of skill set. Just in the fact that he literally can give any person problems on any given night.
1: Now he is 34 years old. Um, <laughs> I do think he definitely has himself back in the conversation. Unfortunately, in that featherweight division, a little stacked right now, uh, Volkanovski and Ortega schedule for later this year, you got Holloway and Rodriguez also probably going to get rebooked, which I I think for him, maybe, maybe, and again, with the Korean zombies penchant to constantly be a main, main event, uh, maybe a fight with him and Edson Barboza while he waits for the winners of those fights to square off for the championship. So I think Zombie could be like two fights away here. Uh, if he if he were to get Barboza and take care of business, he could legit maybe by early next year, if not at the end of this year, be fighting, I think, for a championship.
0: It's not beyond the realm of possibility. It's a little bit of a stretch. Like you said, it's stacked up there. But uh, the guys that win get the shots, you know, so keep winning. Yeah, he's two or three fights off for sure.
1: Yeah, like you said, boy. You know, you, you got to win. You you really got to keep on winning. Um, maybe next up for uh, uh sodic Youssef is coming off a loss, hmm. and this could be a good a good match for them. Somebody stays in the top ten, somebody probably doesn't. Um. But I think that's probably his best bet right now.
0: Interesting well, that I experience mean, over skills that Tony just said. Donaire gave us that uh, a few weeks ago, where I thought the younger guy, the skill level, the trajectory, and nope. <laughs> yeah, you want to take that experience, and and Jung is uh, one of the one of the better guys in the UFC when it comes to all around skill set and experience.
1: Oh yeah, uh, and, and he proved a big win for him. So very excited. I'm 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 a big zombie <laughs> fan. Uh, it was nice to see him uh, get a big win like that. Now, let's talk about Jamal Charlo. He retained his WBC middleweight belt with a unanimous decision against Juan Macias Montiel. I mean, Charlo obviously won the fight, and kudos to him for staying undefeated. However, and active <laughs> Montiel, but. I gotta tell you, Jared. I mean, how did this guy? How did this guy survive? I mean, I, I, I was so impressed by him. This guy, especially late man, he started landing some punches, and obviously, way too little, too late. But for me, and I keep saying this when these guys get in the ring, man. Charlo's got to finish this guy. There is no excuse in the world, Jared, to put out that kind of. You got to blow these guys out the door. There, this—I mean, there's so many of these guys, right, in this weight, all avoiding each other, taking these lesser fights. That's fine, then. Until you could square up with who you want, you got to blow these guys out. Plain and simple.
0: Oh, I, I, you know, and I'm. I, I don't like people talking about Montiel doing well and not saying Charlo got exposed. It shouldn't depend on the on the fighters. It should depend on the fight. You know, if Haney got exposed, so did Charlo. The problem I have here, and it happened last night with Miles Jury. If anybody saw the fight, but he was dominated for like 14 minutes. Had a guy on his back. There was not a moment in that 14 minutes. That end, of, and the fight lasted fourteen thirty-three, But there wasn't a moment in that 14 and a half minutes where you thought Miles Jury might win. The first seven seconds in two out of the three rounds, the guy was on his back. Within the first 30 seconds, they were on the ground. And then they walked away, and Miles Jury's, like, shrugging to the booing crowd. I don't know what the heck I was supposed to do. I just couldn't get him off me. He attached himself to me like a dick and then didn't go away for 15 minutes and then won the fight. Now, the issue I had walking away from it was thinking, if I'm fighting somebody, we're having a fist fight, and I outclass you and dominate you 100 to nothing all the way through for 15 live minutes, 14 and a half live fighting minutes, and you walk out without a mark on your face, not exhausted, not beat up. I dominate somebody for 14 minutes, they're, they're probably going to the hospital. They're going to need to get checked out. I don't care who they are. If you're in the dominant position and you're paid for this, I'm not talking about a scrub scrap now. I'm talking about two guys at the highest level of the game in mixed martial arts. If you dominate somebody that thoroughly, you get them out of there. And this is, a, this is an example of it in boxing. You dominate that thoroughly. Don't you want to, the jury was given him times to squeak over into the mountain, rain something in and he just didn't want to. He just didn't want to. I'm just going to lay on you and take this. And these guys, you're right. When you get to that point, if you're not going to finish, one of three things needs to happen. You're going to finish, you're going to try like hell to finish, or you're going to Devin Haney. Get clipped, try and hang on for the rest of the fight and win. That's why I didn't have a problem with what Haney did. You tried to go out there and get the stop. You went after it. You got clipped a few times, and then you hang on and win the fight. Like a 22-year-old grizzled vet. That's what he looked like to me. Charlo didn't do that. He didn't put himself in danger. He didn't go after you. you got to stop these guys, and his brother's going to lose his fight. I've been saying this since they booked it. His brother's going to lose to Cassano. Yeah, and it's that these guys aren't as good of performers as they have been billed. They are uh, 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 more social media than skill level. They are less Loma and Bud Crawford and more Prince Nassim Hamed and Conor McGregor.
1: He needed something more explosive to make the case for him fighting Canelo, says Tony Aguirre in the comments. Yes. Uh, yeah, and I definitely agree. And Even an absolute domination would have made a statement. The close fight does nothing for him. Uh, which is unfortunate, and and now now my here's my thought. Oddly enough, does Canelo see that fight and think, "Yeah, I'll do that then," no. or, or does this, this this maybe cost him the fight with Canelo next?
0: I don't think. I I mean, I see that argument, huh? This guy's touchable, but I don't think we're being responsible as members of the media if we lay any credence to that. Oh, that looks like a guy I can beat. That's not, I don't wanna look at my fighters like that. You know, so so no, I don't think doing less than you could have done in a fight is ever a good thing. I don't ever want to be rewarding you coasting unless we're at scrub scraps. If you're better than another guy and we're doing it for that, coast, carry him, fine. You're being paid to entertain. Go finish that guy. Get out there and finish that guy. Dominate me for 48 minutes, and then I go have coffee. This is a fist fight, dude. Somebody has their way with you for 48 minutes. (laughs) Just go have some ice cream and stuff.
1: Alex Prue agrees. He thinks you're right. Not that you and I are arguing. I don't know. I don't know what he's right about. (laughs) I say, did I say something that was wrong? What?
0: No, uh, no. no yeah. I think it was to the Charlo's just being more and yeah, no. more flair than, than substance.
1: So there's been some talk, mostly by Eddie Hearn, about Demetrius Andrage and Charlo fighting. But Charlo doesn't seem interested in Andrage at all. I don't blame him. Uh, which makes me wonder if moving to 168 is not in the cards. For Jermar Charlo because there's some there's some better fights up there for him.
0: I think better up from people.
1: Yeah, uh, I well if you're gonna
0: run from people, run down.
1: Sure, but I think if you look uh, at 168, you know maybe David Benavidez. That's a guy who's actually called for him. Um, I would love to personally fight Caleb Plant. He's available if Canelo doesn't grab him next. So. I think he's got better options up there, and then it doesn't look like he's ducking people.
0: There there are a host of Callums and Liams he can fight. <laughs> ah, oh, um, oh, I man. love the Andre fight. I think Tony's right. It's a nice, boring decision for Andre, but it exposes Charlo, <laughs> you know, uh, for yeah. who he is. It's two guys that nobody really wants to fight. That you get them in there to fight each other, and then we figure out which one gets Canelo. That's the easiest way to do this. You guys are both arguing for over Canelo. Fight each other and see who gets the shot. That's what I want to happen. And, yeah, boring. Or nice, boring decision. And uh, unless Charlo gets stung, I could see Andre stopping Charlo. Triple G. <laughs> Turning 50. <laughs>
1: I mean, if you're triple G and you're looking at these young guys, I mean, I don't know who you like, who would you want at this point? I'd be all right with Charlotte. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 You know, that's a good fire.
1: He needs a name. I'm a name. I think I could take this guy. I think that could work out really nice. Oh yeah. Um. Well, we'll we'll see how that plays out, but yeah, uh, very disappointed. And and again, uh, Montiel, just one more time, kudos, uh, well done, Cannon yeah. in the pocket and and just banging the whole way through. And really, I thought picking it up at the <laughs> end, overmatched and outclassed. This poor guy was, but man, you, that's the kind of heart, Jared, that I'm I'm sure you, as someone who trains fighters, to see a guy go out there especially when you know the fights you know you get to the 10th round the fight's over you you had already lost and then now it's more pride to stand there finish out the championship rounds thoughts on that because that i was so impressed by the way this guy
0: banged yeah it reminds me a little bit of what miles was saying the other day I, i got him uh in the second round, after the second, the first round, I was like, "Holy cow! This kid's got no idea what he's doing out there." You know, he's a buck ninety; he's mismatched, and this is, this is not the position I really wanted to put him in for his first fight. You know. He came back, sat down, I did the best I could. He went out for the second round. He did the best he could. <laughs> came back to the stool, and uh, I had forgotten about it. He reminded me during the podcast, but when he said it, I remembered it so vividly going in the corner. and you're just going right around his face and going, you have all of the things that I can't teach you and none of the things that I can. so hang in there kid (laughs) two more minutes of this and then we'll get some training (laughs) you'll get better at this but i i like can't teach those things montiel did in the ring i don't care who your trainer is i do not care who your trainer is this is this is this goes back to parents grandparents ancestors the very inside of yourself where you either have that or don't have it. And I can't teach that to you. Miles had that. I saw him getting his ass kicked and he didn't want to go away. He wanted to keep trying and there weren't a lot of chances for him to win, but I'm not going to rob him of that. You know, like you said, minus 600 and you're going in there, kind of everybody knows what's going to happen. It becomes a pride thing. You go out on your shield, you know, and you can't teach somebody how to do that. You can't see, uh, they get hit a few times and uh, get squirmy. That's how most people are. That's just the majority of us. Like I said, oh, never tap. I'm not that guy either. You get my arm, you're about to break it, I'm tapping. i break something, fight's over, man. (laughs) Even a couple fingers. I mean, depending on what I'm fighting for, if it's, you know. The well, 60-40 purse. I'll take the forty and the broken finger. I mean, <laughs>
1: we're, obviously, we got some fight previews coming up in in a few minutes, and one of the people we're going to talk about is Alexander Volkov. And I've noticed that, uh, uh, and this happens more with Russians and Eastern European fighters than anyone else getting knocked out in the last ten seconds of a round. Because uh, again, it, it, and we'll we'll talk about this in a bit, but I'm I'm just. It, occurred to me now the 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 fight with Derek Lewis where this guy's winning the fight for four minutes and 45 seconds absolutely putting on a master class now I was just watching the fight the other day and I and I said to my brother I go if that was John Jones John wouldn't have been anywhere near the beast he would have been dancing around the ring celebrating but there was Volkov like an idiot
0: we can't have both, not like an idiot, not like an idiot. You can't you have it both saying, ways. If we want like, our guys to finish the I fight, love it. you can't you can then, down Volkov do as an idiot and then say Charlo didn't go finish the fight and he doesn't deserve these that's big fights because he didn't go after it. went after it.
1: But so, listen, and that's, and that's the problem, right? Like, I, I want my guys to do that, but then I don't. I don't want to get knocked out. I guess it depends how much
0: my guys they are. If they're like personal friends of mine, don't do that to yourself. You know, like Andre, I bring it up every other week. The people who want you to go to war are not the same people who are going to show up in the hospital for you. You know, you want to be great and do it for a long time? Do it like the guy Volkov's fighting tonight. Cyril Gain, find a way to close all the windows and not allow yourself to have pockets where you can be knocked out because sooner or later, somebody's going to throw a hand in that window, and you're going to wake up with blood on your face.
1: Now, I can pull that uh, that comment about Jared being right, because you certainly nailed this fight. (laughs) Nailed it. In a way, TKO'd Michael Dasmarinas in the third round to retain the WBA and the IBF, bantamweight belts, and my... God, did he do it in, in 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 um unbelievable style? Three three punches to the liver. I I think what surprised me the most was that Desmarinas got up from the first one, <laughs> and the second one. That was I and mean, that third one. He must have been absolutely dying inside. Again, I you know. Here's my whole thing, right? One of the the two big things I I piss and moan about most are guys that don't throw good jabs, which obviously sets it all up, and guys that work the body. Work the body. Work the body. In a way, showed you, Jared, as he's done many times before, that he can end a fight with a body punch. Which, as you know, are devastating. And mm. for people who don't understand that, can you first of all explain a liver shot and what happens to your body when you're hit in
0: the liver? Richard Pryor, I think, gave the uh, the best the best um, instance of this. He says, "You get you get hit in the body, and you're ready to dance, and your brain goes." Is that all you got? And then your legs go, we're going down. <laughs> you, you react to it totally different um, than you would a, a headshot. A headshot is is like, it, it is. It's like your head versus the body. Um, let me give you uh, my favorite five from Teddy Atlas. Teddy Atlas says, set the table, then go eat. That's number one. You wear them down. You bring that power level down. You got those two bars in every boxing video game. One of them's your power. The other one's your stamina. You get hit in the head. One of them goes down. You get hit in the body or throw punches. The other one goes down. Set the table, then go eat. Take some air out of the tires. That's what it feels like. Driving with flat tires is like boxing through body shots. Uh, Get a few men on base, then go hit the home run. It's the third one. Drag them into the deep end and drown them and put some water in the basement. Because if anybody's ever been through a house with water in the basement issue, you understand that the foundation is rocked, you know, and the whole house will fall down if the foundation is rocked. And that's what body shots do, they rock the foundation, they sap it. I remember fighting AJ Prue. and he landed a body shot, boom. And right after he landed it, he backed up, I knew he was tired. So I was like, I have to answer that body shot, this is a close fight. And I threw a three punch combination. And I swear I felt it. There was, if there was music playing, it would have went,
2: boo, boo, boo. Because
0: the three punches went, huh, huh. And that third one I had planned out, but my body was just like, how is your hand going to get there? and threw that last left hook to his body and we both grunted. (laughs) Just totally, and that's it. I had this three punch combination planned. I had the way to land it, I had the means to land it, I got the physical, I got the access, the punches did land. But to follow that body shot with it, man, you know, body just goes into shutdown mode. You don't have the control. You lose the control of your of your faculties. Jeez, um, headshots make you light, and body shots make you heavy. Does that make sense? Yeah, it it
1: does, it does. You know, it it's here's one of the things. Um, I literally was watching this. We watched this fight this morning. Um, after the second liver shot, Desmarinas kept keeping his his uh, lead, uh his backhand up against his body to protect against another body shot and in a way fired off talk about high ring IQ fired off a left right left combo to the face and as he moved in again obviously Das had no choice right face or gut and he put his yeah. hands back up and that was the end of the fight you know to to watch in a way and, and I mean first of all the hand speed is Out of this world, the instincts, the ring IQ, the way this guy fights. I mean, I'm I'm now of the mindset that I think he is the best pound for pound fighter in the world. Am I wrong?
0: I'm not to I'm not going to argue that I don't have another guy I want to throw into that spot and say or girl. That I want to throw into that spot and say they, they are better than than in Pound for pound? No. No. What is he? What is it what is he at? 1, 115? Yeah. So 230 would be two of him. Right? We got a heavyweight. Who's 230? I mean, come on. I'll put two inaways against anybody at 230. <laughs> two inaways versus Tyson Fury. I'm ready. Book it. Book it. It's just the Trilla. They're ready. They're ready over at Trilla.
1: Oh, I'm um, sure.
0: I just want to ask you, was uh, Head or Gut a last Boy Scout reference?
1: Why, yes, it was. My man. I wasn't. My you know,
0: it's funny. <laughs>
1: I threw it out there, and I, I, I couldn't even recall as I was saying it until it came out of my mouth, and then I was so proud of myself for saying it, and I thought, <laughs> no one's going to know what I just said. Thank you, sir. I should have known better. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. We, um, we do have a couple fights that we have to preview. We are going to start in the UFC. Two big heavyweights featured at UFC Fight Night. Gone versus Volkov. Down. Ciro Gantz, 31 years old, he's 6'5", with an 81-inch reach and a record of 8-0 with three submissions and three knockouts. From La Roche-Surion in France, Gon got into martial arts in his early 20s, making his professional kickboxing debut in 2016, winning the AFMT heavyweight title with a second-round knockout of Jeremy Jean. He defended his title six times, winning four-by-knockout before switching to MMA in 2018, winning his debut fight with a first-round choke of Bobby Sullivan for the Canadian promotion TKO's vacant heavyweight title. He defended it twice with a second-round knockout of Adam Dyksha and a first-round TKO of Roger Sousa. In August of 2019, he made his UFC debut with a first-round triangle choke of Rafael Pessoa and two months later submitted Dontel Mays with a heel hook. He closed out 2019 with a dominant unanimous decision over Tanner Bozer. However, he did not fight again for a year as three scheduled fights all fell through due to his opponents and himself being injured in training. He returned in December of 2020 taking on UFC legend Junior Dos Santos. And despite the disparity in experience, he put on a great performance, forcing Dos Santos against the cage, dropping him with an elbow, and stopping him with ground and pound. Two months later he took on number three contender Jorzenio Rosenstreich, controlling the distance with his jab and leg kicks and dominating all of the grappling exchanges to win a lopsided unanimous decision. A fantastic natural athlete, Ghana's is a proficient technical striker who excels at controlling distance and pace and has also come a long way in adapting to the grappling side of the sport as evidenced by his three submissions in his eight victories. Alexander Volkov is 32 years old, he's 6'7 with an 80-inch reach and a record of 33-8 with 22 knockouts and 3 submissions. From Moscow, Russia, he made his professional debut in 2009 with an 80-second knockout of Nikolai Pleshikov. After going 14-3 with 13 stoppages, he had his first major test when he defeated former UFC champion Rico Rodriguez by decision. In 2012, he won the Bellator Heavyweight Championship with a decision over Richard Hale, but in his next fight, lost that belt via first-round knockout to Vitali Minnikov. He bounced back with a five-fight winning streak, including knockouts of Mark Collada and Mighty Moe, but then dropped two straight decisions to Tony Johnson and Czech Congo. He made his UFC debut in 2016, defeating Tim Johnson by decision, and over the next year, followed that up with a decision over Roy Nelson, and brutal knockouts over contender Steven Struve and former UFC champion Fabrizio Verdum. On October 6, 2018, he took on powerhouse Derek Lewis, putting on a master class and hurting Lewis multiple times when leading on all three judges' scorecards. He was knocked out with a thunderous right cross with only 11 seconds remaining in the fight. After beating Greg Hardy, Volkov dropped a lopsided decision to Curtis Blades, getting outwrestled and taken down a record 14 times throughout, exposing a major hole in his game. He did come back just four months later and in the second, landed a vicious kick to the midsection of Wal Harris, dropping him instantly and finishing him off with a barrage of punches. On February 6, 2021, he took on veteran Alistair Overeem, dominating the first round and then blasting out Overeem with a devastating left hook in the second. Perhaps the most polished technical striker in the division, Volkov is patient and measured in his approach, controlling the distance and rarely loading up, preferring to overwhelm his opponents with volume, landing 5.3 strikes per minute while absorbing only two. Will this be another easy victory and the meteoric rise of Cyril Ghan as he takes one step closer to challenging his former sparring partner Francis Ngannou for gold? Or will the height, power, and experience of Volkov Proved to be too much as Drago continues to demonstrate that he still belongs at the top of the heavyweight division. Tune in tonight to UFC God versus Volkov and let's find out. Oh boy. What do you think about this fight here? I oh, this I'll tell you, you know, I'm I I struggle with this one um, and the pick that I wrote down, I don't think is going to be the pick that I am going
0: with. So I'll I'll allow you the floor first, sir. All right. My first question is, who is the best fighter Alexander Volkov beat while they were good? Now, I'm going to read a list of names, and you stop me when I get to the upper echelon elite fighter that he fought, Okay, Uh, Alex, Alistair Overeem at 40. Walt Harris, Curtis Blades, who he lost to. Greg Hardy, Derek Lewis, who he lost to. 58-year-old Fabrizio Verdum, Stefan Struve, Roy Nelson, Tim Johnson. Check Congo, who he lost to. These are all like mediocre. You can have Derek Lewis, but you lost. You can have Blades, but you lost. And you can have Overeem and Verdum, but they're fossils. Has he beat anybody? We're talking about the last fight before a title shot. For what? For what? You lost to the two guys in the top five. And the two guys you beat with recognizable names, how old is really? How old is Overeem and Verdun? Verdun's 43. Uh, and Overeem is 41. So you yep. beat the two best names on your list were in their 40s when you beat them. And now you're fighting a guy who, like I said, slams windows closed. He's bigger. He's stronger. He's faster. Minus one forty-five is not enough. This should be twice that. Easy, Cyril Garen. All day, all day. This is not going to be. This is not going to be as close as people think it will. This will expose Volkov for being a. A uh, he's better than everybody who's mediocre.
1: I just you know I um, I I literally wrote down my pick as. Zero gone. That was who I picked. And the more I think about it, the more I wanted to pick Volkov. And, and to, like I, I said earlier, to be fair, I mean, the fight with Lewis, I mean, he won the first four minutes and 45 seconds of that fight in dominant fashion, like Stipe did to Nganu. He was doing to Derek Lewis up until that right hand. Uh, put him to the floor, and then it was lights-out time. So, again, and, and not that not that Derek Lewis is the model of, uh, you know, great great guys to beat. I mean, if you're going to have the kind of fight where you wait for the last 15 seconds to knock a guy out, your name is probably either Jazzino Rosenstreich or it's Derek Lewis. Right? I mean, those two guys will just sit there and wait and eventually, in almost every fight, land that thing.
0: Okay, here you go. His last six wins. Volkov's last six wins. These are the number of losses of his opponents in his last six wins. 18-13, 8-8-7-1. Who's the guy with one loss that he beat? 1813887 and Greg Hardy. Don hasn't lost eight fights yet, dude. This is this is this is a show for his step up fight with Ngannou, and I like it. It's going to be a good show. That, It'll be fun, only, but he's going to walk over Volkov.
1: Only has eight fights in the UFC. Volkov uh We've been been there, done that a lot longer. I think for God, this is a this is a big step up here. This is and and I think the thing that concerns me about really though, yeah, on, yeah. Now, now,
0: do you yeah. put Rosenstrick with Blades and Lewis? Because I think those three are kind of all in the same pocket. Do you put Verdum and um, um, Verdum and uh, who was the forty one year old? Overeem with Dos Santos, because I think all of those are kind of the same. He beat Rosenstreich and Dos Santos. You don't think he beats Overeem and and Verdum and Greg Hardy? Like, I don't think he's had any less. Granted, there's two of those, but Blades and Lewis, he lost to Blades and Lewis, and he's fighting a guy who beat Rosenstreich.
1: Yeah, but not for nothing, this heavyweight division the last few years, I mean, it's been... Well, the last three years, I mean, it was, it was, it was steep Cormier and that was all you got. That was it. And so if you're a guy like Volkov, you're just, you're fighting whoever. And there weren't, I don't think there were, I mean, again, why, 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 why the, the trilogy uh, in the middle of everybody? Guys?
0: I do. do. You believe I, the I, best I, heavyweight is those guys. Do you believe that we've found our, our champion, our next, Pound for pound, we're going to put him on Mount Rushmore heavyweight because I don't think it's any of those guys. And Ganu maybe if he finds the way to put the power on him, but this guy is the guy with the skill set to take over a crowded heavyweight division and really create some separation. This guy could win his next seven, eight fights in a row, and I'm not going to bat an eye.
1: I think the thing about Gan that I'm not sold on is for six eight as big as he is i mean he doesn't really have tremendous power He's a strong guy but he doesn't have he doesn't have knockout power he's 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 actually never knocked anybody out <laughs> with a single punch and you know doesn't some other guys without ability. knockout
0: power is floyd mayweather jr uh uh loma not selling me on um, no lockup. <laughs> i'm just saying there's there's the key, i feel and, you you create that skill set. You know, another guy that lacks power is uh Jared Jones, really not a powerful boxer, great feet and a good, good stiff jab. Like, but does good body work. But as far as power goes, there are guys my size that will knock people out at a much better clip than I'm just not the strongest puncher. Um, doesn't mean you don't find ways to win. There's a lot of times. Uh, uh, Ali said the best punches, best knockout punches move six to eight inches. There were the other guy's chins flying across the boop. <laughs> pink, and your hand just kind of turns over. I uh, I knocked out a kid named AJ Parker or knocked down. He said when the ref was counting, he didn't know the numbers were in order until he got to six. <laughs> That's one of my favorite rock stories. It was like, why is this guy saying numbers to me? Oh, those are in order. Oh, I should get up. <laughs> um, but yeah, those they're coming forward and you just turn over and it's little and it's timing and it's all of those things that Floyd and Loma do so well. And we have a heavyweight version of that. Was Ali the greatest knockout puncher of all time? No, Holmes was sitting harder than he was. Foreman was hitting harder than he was. Frazier was hitting harder than he was. Lewis was hitting harder than he was. But when we talk about the greatest fighter of all time, we talk about Ali. Why? Because he shut the windows and kept you out there. Good chin. Um, this is not going to be the guy that tests gone, And 145 is way too low. If you're a gambler, put Cyril on your on your parlays. Syrogan's
1: first fight in Muay Thai was literally for a championship. His first fight in MMA also was for a championship um, from Tony. He can be great with more experience. And I agree. Look, I think he's fantastic. But uh, here's what I'm saying. I think the hype don't train, don't. <laughs> I think the hype train is going a little too fast. I think it I think it's I think it's going too fast. Look Volkov is Volkov is a guy who this is going to be the best test he's gotten in his entire life. And Which you one? can the Volkov fight here for gone. This is the this is the okay. Sure, I see what you just did there. I see what you did there. Again. <laughs> again, Volkov was 15 seconds away from beating lewis and he would have gotten a chance to fight Nganu, not not lewis that's how that would have gone so does so, rosen
0: strike beat lewis
1: i would think so i because and plays. He, yeah well cuz it happened so what are you talking about <laughs> i listen i like a guy this is going to be the weirdest job. thing I've ever said. I like a guy with experience. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's not what I mean. I like a fighter. Maybe you
0: should log on to Ige and see if you can <laughs> find. <some> <laughs>
1: I, I don't know, dude. I, I mean, listen. You know how I am. I usually find a guy and I love him, and I really like God. I know everyone's in love with the size, the athleticism. This dude only got in the in the fighting in his twenties. Like this is all so really new to him. He's a freak of nature. I get that, but Volkov's been in like forty-one fights. He's got twenty-two knockouts. He's a vicious dude. Is all I'm saying. Don't to know. me, to me, I think Gon is gonna win. I bold printed on the script. I've got <laughs> Gon and I wrote UD next to his name. I think he takes this by decision.
0: I think he's. However. Volkov.
1: However, I think Volkov is going to pull it out. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it.
0: Can't wait to see you next Saturday. This guy's getting stopped. This is going to look like a long-rangey, um, I hate to say Washington Generals and Harlem Globetrotters here. But um, you know, have you ever watched like basketball from the fifties? You know, you Wait, get. I those... just
1: want to write down the timestamp, so if I'm <laughs> right, I know exactly which clip. Oh uh, yeah, pull.
0: go Ye- find it. 44. Globetrotters, general. Hang on, hang on a second. Yeah, this is your um your Savat kind of Eastern European guy, right? Coming in with his. Stuff that doesn't work anymore. You get you put even me, me and Joe used to talk about it. we watch those old basketball clips and be like, damn, when I was in high school. Like if you put me just the evolution of the game, there's you know, there's there's junior high school kids that would run circle or circles around those guys if there was any way to do it. Um the game has evolved a bit past Volkov, and he's fighting a stronger guy who's better everywhere. I think Gone. I agree with I that. I don't think Gon will go way out of his way to finish this fight. I would not bet the stoppage, but I'm picking the stoppage over the decision, over Volkov, over all of the other choices. I, will, I won't bet it, but I will pick it. Gon by stoppage. It's, I don't think this long, rangy, outside your Who else did he fight that eight and has that kind of jab and does that kind of technical work? Volkov's, this is
1: Volkov's, Volkov's toughest test too. He's six seven. Sturow? He's a monster too, dude. This is two giant monsters. Yeah, he knocks Drew's brains in. I'm telling you, there's something Locky here. I Jared, I don't know what it is. Again, <laughs> on my script, I wrote unanimous decision zero gone. That's what I have here. To compare. I, I'm changing it though. I'm telling you, as I as I, I I I created that video. I put all the work into that thing. Watching all these fights, and I again I really like Cyril GaN. I like him a lot. I think he's a, a force to be reckoned with for many years.
0: A couple six eight heavyweights, and you don't want the better jab, the stronger guy, the better boxer. Dude, listen. How is Ball called win? Hang on. Now you're the you're the one that's always telling people. When they pick something, you tell me how. Tell me how Volkov's going to be gone. How is that going to happen?
1: You ever see two Rams? Do you know Rams, uh, if you ever got hit in the head by a Ram, you would die instantly. They can sit there and they can butt heads for seven hours without having a headache. That's That's how they're made. Volkov is a big dude. He's always been a big dude, and he's been doing it for a really long time. I don't know that Gon's ever seen anybody this size. There's the easy I mean, everybody he's ever fought, he's sort of towered over, that's and th- that's all. I'm I, I, Jared. I I like Cyril Gon. I picked Cyril Gon, and for some reason, as I as I was thinking about the fight before the show started. That, that fight was in my head because uh, the guy really likes Cyril Gon. I just feel like I'm like, I got, I, I'm going to watch this stupid pay-per-view and, and right. Or no, it's a fight night, not even a pay-per-view. I'm going to watch this, 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 the, the, the fight tonight. I'm I'm going to be pulling for gone. Cause I really like him. I do think he's rushed a little bit. And I, I have this weird, I have this weird feeling inside that something bad is going to happen and Volkov's going to catch him and put him out. That's what I think. That's the, I, I have that nagging, nagging feeling, and he's got the power to do it, is my okay, point. So my,
0: mine was 40-40. Yours was 44-44. Just in case, in case we have to go back. Not going to happen, Joe. I don't think we've been further off than this. We've picked opposite before, but this is as far off as we've been cuz I think I'm, he's going to dominate. Well.
1: I'm I see I don't I don't see a domination. I feel like another thing Gon does is Gon is good at avoiding uh the opponent a little bit. He moves so much. And I mean, and again, I don't I don't mean to say like he's ducking, but I mean, most of these heavyweights. <laughs> okay? Most of these heavyweights <laughs> Alex I did say that before I, uh, wrote, Volkov actually wasn't a big dude uh, when he was in his teens before he volunteered in a Russian growth experiment what I mean to is say is real? no he's joking because I said Volkov, I, just... I said Volkov's always been a big guy was oh. what I said and what I meant <laughs> what I meant to say is his entire career he's I mean from his first fights dude I'm, I'm, I got all those old fights I'm watching all the fights he towers over everybody. It looks like a joke, some of those fights. So that, that was the point that I was trying to make before. You and I don't disagree here. I think God's going to win this fight, and I think he's probably going to win it by decision. But there's just this nagging feeling I'm getting that Volkov's going to slip him. And I think you're not giving Volkov enough credit for for being a good fighter and for the knockout power he has. That's all I'm saying. I like Gon. I think Gon's gonna win. We don't we're not really disagreeing on that. Jared, my cat ran off. Uh he's seventeen. It's been five days. Mm. I have a nagging feeling inside that he's passed on. Okay.
0: Do you know why they leave the property?
1: Yeah it uh i watched a lot of lion documentaries i think i was telling you all the lion documentaries i mean when they they leave the pride when they when they die they because you know dignity
0: but he said no 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 they'll bring predators they're like they're they're aware that they're going to turn into food and don't want to bring danger to the rest of the pack if your cat's dying and left the property they did it to protect you guys
1: no yeah i it's and that's a beautiful thing and i love that and but again i (laughs) You know, my wife's like, maybe he'll come back. And I'm like, nah, come on. I know, right? I know he's not coming back. I just have, the more I've been thinking about this fight, I, I, I mean, again, and, 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 and if it happens and he gets knocked out, say he gets slipped in the second round and lights out for gone, after the fight, everyone's going to say they rushed this guy. They rushed this guy. He just needs a little more time. I don't think it would ruin this guy in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> the, i just the same have way, a weird i can't explain it jared I, again on the script Cyril gone unanimous decision that's what it says here
0: and i've just had this way, nagging
1: feeling i can't get rid of it
0: the same way two wrestlers end up together sometimes you end up with the better striker wins when two wrestlers you match them up together something weird happens and the better they end up on their feet all the whole time the better striker wins it's, you know, so when you get two tall guys, take the better jab. That's how I feel. Most of the time you get two guys that are both 6'10", and neither one of them ever fought anybody, that's all. Give me the guy that handles distance better. Give me the guy with the jab. And give me gone here. All day. It
1: makes, it makes all the sense in the world. I got you. I'm with you. Just, I can't, I don't know, I can't get rid of that feeling. Ugh. I like experience. I I just do, and it, it makes me nervous. I like uh, okay. you know what you're you're listen. You're probably right. I've probably got nothing to worry about. I'm sure my cat will be home later today.
0: After Inaway and Trey Young, you know you'd think you'd start when I say here's what's going to happen.
2: You know you'd
0: think you'd start. This is this
2: this is what's going to happen. World rated lightweight
1: slow down world lay rated lightweight All right, (laughs) let's get to our other big fight and this one of course comes courtesy of Jace Lomachenko and Nakatani
2: Silly Lomachenko tonight in Las Vegas let's break it down Masayoshi Nakatani 32 years old he's 5 foot 11 with a 71 inch reach and a record of 19 and 1 with 13 knockouts From Osaka, Japan, Nakatani turned pro in 2011 at the age of 22 after a brief amateur career, winning by 4th round TKO. After winning his first 6 by knockout, he defeated Yoshitaka Kato by 12-round majority decision to win the Oriental and Pacific Federation lightweight title. He defended that belt 11 times and in 2017 stopped former WBC Super Featherweight Champion Ryan Sermona in the fourth round. On July 19th, 2019, he fought outside of Japan for the first time coming to the United States to take on number one contender Teofimo Lopez in an IBF title eliminator. After 12 one-sided rounds, a completely outclassed Nakatani lost a unanimous decision. He bounced back a year later, returning to the States to take on Felix Verdejo for the vacant WBO intercontinental lightweight title, engaging in a wild back and forth brawl, which saw both men drop each other twice before Nakatani closed the show with a powerful right cross in the ninth round. A tall, rangy boxer puncher, Nakatani fights behind a long, snapping jab and possesses both a thunderous right cross and an iron jaw, being able to fight through a massive amount of damage and take his opponents out. Vasily Lomachenko, 33 years old, he's 5'7 with a 65 and a half inch reach and a record of 14 and 2 with 10 knockouts. From Bilhorod, Ukraine, Lomachenko took up boxing at the age of five, learning under the tutelage of his father, Anatoly. As a part of his training, he was enrolled in gymnastics and Ukrainian folk dancing to perfect his balance and footwork. In 2004, he embarked on the most illustrious amateur career in boxing history, amassing a record of 396 and 1, winning a myriad of world amateur titles, culminating in the gold medal at the 2008 and 2012 Olympics. He turned pro in 2013 with a fourth-round knockout of Jose Ramirez. And in his second fight, he attempted to break the record for the shortest run to the world title by challenging veteran Orlando Salido for the WBO featherweight belt. However, Salido came in at the welterweight limit and continuously fouled Lomachenko, who was unable to mount a serious offense until the end, losing by split decision. Due to Salido missing weight, the WBO belt was still vacant, and on June 21st, 2014, Lomachenko dominated Gary Russell Jr. over 12 rounds to become the champion in his third fight. He defended the belt three times and in 2016 broke the record for the shortest run to a second world title when he knocked out WBO super featherweight champion Rocky Martinez with a brutal left and right hook combo. (laughs) He defended the title four times against such renowned fighters as Nicholas Walters and Guillermo Rigondeau, making all four opponents quit on their stools in between rounds. On May 12, 2018, he won his third world title when he moved up to lightweight to challenge WBA champion Jorge Linares. Despite getting dropped in the sixth round, Lomachenko steadily gained momentum, breaking down Linares and stopping him with a vicious liver shot. Seven months later, he picked up the WBO belt with a dominant win over Jose Pedraza, and followed that up with a brutal one-punch knockout of Anthony Crolla. Five months later, he picked up the vacant WBC belt with a dominant win over fellow 2012 Olympian Luke Campbell. After a 14-month layoff, he took on newly crowned IBF champion Teofimo Lopez and in a surprising upset, lost the first half of the fight, as well as the final round, losing a wide unanimous decision. One of the finest tacticians in the sport, Lomachenko possesses blinding hand speed, exceptional timing and defense, and perhaps the finest footwork and ring IQ in boxing in addition to having all of his professional fights except his debut being for world titles will Masayoshi Nakatani be able to take advantage of his size and reach or will Vasily Lomachenko's speed and footwork prove to be too much tune in tonight and let's find out
0: I got a funny feeling about this one Joe that guy's so tall. Unmute your
1: mic. You you don't listen. Let me ask you this: You don't think that you don't you don't think that that Lomachenko has anything to worry about fighting a guy that much bigger than him? He's great. One of my faves. One of your faves. I understand that, but this is a big this is a big fight for him. There's a lot on the line here because he's talking about taking on. Uh, Tank Davis and Teofimo Lopez. He better. He better go out there and 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 destroy this guy. Uh, I
0: have a joke about your brother, but I don't want to knock a toning. Um, that's great. You're Welcome, Loma. All day they have a common opponent. It might be. He. But yeah, these guys were tearing it up. bunch of comedians in the comments section. If you're not following along, but uh, this is this is um, this is probably not going to be close. It's do uh, again. Don't bet on this fight. Minus fourteen hundred for Loma. You don't want to take that bet. Not because he'll lose, but because it's it's just not worth it. It doesn't make sense. They they get the numbers that high. You can't. Kayla Harrison was twenty eight hundred twenty eight dollars to win one last night. So again, the odds are too big. Uh, I don't like any of the props because I don't know if he'll stop him or beat him by decision. But I am not taking Nakatani here. I was being sarcastic about him being so tall and having a funny feeling.
1: But, but that's legit. I think that's a legit thing. I think having to fight a taller fighter with a longer reach, even for somebody as unbelievable as Lomachenko, I, I, it's it is something that you have to you have to consider. That you remember last weekend in the in a way fight, I said he would win by the seventh. I thought being a lefty, Desmarinis maybe might give him some fits a little bit in the beginning. No, that's fine. You, you completely, no, no, you completely dismissed it out of hand. And you were like, ah, blow him out in three. You were right. But I think that those are legit concerns. I think Nakatani's size is, is something obviously look Lomachenko is a great fighter and I'm sure, uh, you know, look, he's, it's not like he hasn't fought taller guys before and I'm sure he's got a game plan for how he's going to take care of business, but to dismiss the one thing this guy has which is size and reach is I, I think underselling him that this guy's uh this guy's not a bad fighter. You know, this guy probably okay. doesn't deserve to be in a ring with, with, with Lomachenko by any stretch, but no, no,
0: this is, this is, this guy, man. And you think he may have fought guys that tall before you're making that assumption in his 397 amateur fights where he lost once, disputable decision, and beat that guy the two other times they fought. 396-1 and and avenged the loss twice. That's Loma's amateur record. Yes, I think he's dealt with this hype before. I don't think it'll pose a problem for him. And if you saw how Lopez was able to dominate Nakatani, In ways that he couldn't dominate Loma. Like, he was the bigger guy against Loma, too. That may not be the case here. He's not going to size-impose his way like Lopez did. I think Loma finds a way to accumulate punches and stop this guy. I don't think you're going to see the one punch, knocks him out before he hits the ground, knockout. But I think an accumulation of punches and body work with that tall frame and he gets Nakatani out there, this one might be the seventh.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm about with you there. I have him uh I have him knocking him out in the sixth round, as a matter of fact. Huh. Yeah. How about you and me? Same pain. <laughs> I'm just saying, look, Nakatani's nineteen and one, 13, 13 knockouts. I'm just saying. You know, he's he's not some pushover fighter. Although I think that may end up being the case before the night's out. I'm just saying I just feel bad I like this this Nakatani I wa I w- and watching him I thought oh eh, this guy's not this guy's not a pushover I guess is my point.
0: this isn't um this is there are uh, better wins on his record than I thought I'm gonna say that there are are significantly better wins for Nakatani than I thought. This will be a good test, yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe it is a decision. Again, I don't like any of the prop bets. I don't like taking either guy. I don't bet on this fight. Just don't because it's hard to tell. But yeah, Loma over six. Yeah. What's the over under? (laughs) Over six. Take Loma in the over. There you go. Over ten and a half. Aye. Yeah, I don't like it. Just, just don't bet that fight. Loma will win, but. Hard to tell by how much. Most of the rounds, nine to three is the best Nakatani can hope for. Nine to three and goes out on his shield.
1: Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. I do think he gets put out though. All right. We got one more fight till we get to our special guest
3: on the flurry. Tony's. Tale of the tape. This Saturday night, we have an exciting matchup in the 140-pound weight division as Gervonta Tank Davis challenges Mario Barrios for the WBA regular super lightweight world title. Let's break it down. Mario Barrios, 26 years old. He's 5'10", with a 71-inch reach and a record of 26-0 with 17 knockouts. From San Antonio, Texas, Barrios took to boxing at 6 years old, following his sister into the sport. He started his amateur career at 14 years old, and after going 7-2 turned pro at 18 in November of 2013 with a first-round knockout. He began to rise through the rankings, and after racking up his first 21 wins with 13 knockouts, he stopped Jose Roman in the eighth round to win the WBA Intercontinental World Title. The following year, he completely overwhelmed Richard Zamora, pounding him along the ropes for a fourth-round stoppage, and then blew out Argentina's Juan Jose Velasco in the second round with a vicious left hook to the liver, followed by a straight right cross. Five months later, he took on Russia's Batir Akhmedov for the vacant WBA regular super lightweight title, getting pressured and outworked for most of the fight, but scored two knockdowns of Akhmadov to pull off a controversial decision. A little over a year later, he defended his title against Ryan Carl, completely outclassing him and dropping him twice in the sixth round, First from a right hand and the second time with a left hook putting him out for the count. A tall rangy boxer puncher, Barrios has a good jab and a vicious left hook and is an exceptional body puncher. Trained by the renowned Virgil Hunter, he also has a high ring IQ and is excellent at picking his opponents apart. Gervonta Tank Davis, 26 years old, he's 5 foot 5 with a 67 and a half inch reach and a record of 24 and 0 with 23 knockouts from Baltimore, Maryland. Tank began training at 5 years old and by 12 had already begun his illustrious amateur career, winning three straight National Silver Gloves Championships, the 2012 Golden Gloves Championships, and two gold medals at the National Junior Olympics, finishing with an excellent record of 206-15. and He turned pro in February 2013 with a first-round knockout and won his first 13 with 12 knockouts, when he brutally stopped former IBF champion Cristobal Cruz in three rounds in 2015. He won his next three-by stoppage before taking on Jose Pedraza for the IBF Super Featherweight title, dominating the champ from the start and knocking Pedraza out in the seventh with a perfectly timed right hook. He defended that belt twice, first with a third-round TKO over Liam Walsh, and then an eighth-round knockout of Francisco Fonseca, before winning the WBA Super Featherweight title, with a vicious beatdown of champion Jose Queller, dropping him three times to force the stoppage in round three. After two title defenses, a first-round knockout of Hugo Ruiz and a second-round TKO of Ricardo Nunes, he took on former two-time champion Yuri Orkis Gamboa, dropping him in the second and eighth rounds before stopping him in the 12th. On October 31st, 2020, he scored the Ring Magazine Knockout of the Year when he won the WBA Super Featherweight World Title with a thunderous one-punch left uppercut in the sixth round. A hard-hitting southpaw, Tank possesses tremendous one-punch power in both hands, as well as speed, but his greatest asset may be his ability to gauge distance and economically pick his shots instead of swinging wildly. Will the height and reach advantage of Barrios present challenges to Tank, or will Davis's dazzling hand speed and tremendous punching power bring him gold in a third weight division? Tune in Saturday night for Davis versus Barrios for the WBA regular, super lightweight world title.
1: All right, Uh, boy, first and foremost, I wanna say, uh, I like that Tank is is doing this, the move up, fighting a guy like Barrios, who's in his prime. Um, I've been dogging these guys, Jared. I've been dogging these guys because they don't wanna fight anybody. I gotta hand it to Tank. This is a this is a bold move. He's giving up five inches uh, to a guy in his prime, who, even though it's not a real one, is a belt has a is a belt holder.
0: This is this is a tough 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 test for Tank. Um, a taller guy moving up two weight classes to fight him. Um, and has deteriorated as a boxer now i've been down on tank davis for a while and in watching some more videos i'll tell you why he was a better amateur boxer than he is as a professional he took the hats off he trusts his power um he loses rounds he's he's outboxed by most good boxers and this is a great boxer i'm going to give you this fight Back in the day, um, do you remember uh, still fighting uh, Chocolatito Gonzalez? He fought a guy I can't, I can never pronounce the guy's name right, Wistekil uh, Wangik or, or something. Um, but it was a bigger guy that came down, and he came up, and he was like a thirty-five to one favorite. And um, for some reason, those five losses on the other guys were all they were looking at. They weren't looking at this weight jump. Um, I think Tank Davis must knock out Barrios to win this fight. I don't think he can win this fight by decision because he's fighting a bigger, longer, better boxer. That being said, he's also moving up to weight classes. How will his power transfer to a top 10 guy, two weight classes ahead of him? All of that said, take Barrios for the upset and bet it. Ooh. Mm -hmm.
1: Wow. Yeah, I love it, Jared. I love it. I am going to take Gervonta Davis in this (laughs) fight. Um, I thought a lot about it, honestly. Uh, um, I mean, look, I, like I said, lost I mean, the
0: total access, I gotta say, one of these guys is in the city, their trainer, like t- tanks, trainers sparred with each other. It was this funny thing, had an argument in the corner and then sparred with each other, you know, Barrios, uh, uh, condition, strength and conditioning coach showed up and he was like, Hey, no disrespect, but I hate seeing you here. And he was like, I don't need to be your friend. I just need you to win. Literally, there was no high or handshake. That's what those two dudes said to each other. I hate seeing you here. Well, win. I don't care if I'm your friend or not. We're gonna go win a fight. Two totally different training styles, totally different training camps. Rocky tried to make a big deal of that when one of them was the high tech and the shots and the juicing and the oh, and everything was measuring the other guys moving rocks and cutting down trees and stuff, but that's what we've got here. And at some point, that size and that focus makes a difference, and Tank's gonna lose one of these. Tank is going to be beat because he's not as good a boxer as some of these other guys, because he's moving up weight classes. This is all of the the makings of a perfect storm here. Just got arrested, indicted, 14 counts, hit and run, now you're fighting a champion, two weight classes above. And yes, you have to respect that he's going after it. I agree with that part. But I think he loses this as such. This is a Chad Dawson moving down to fight Ward or Chocolatito moving up or Trinidad when he came up and just wasn't a lot of guys have done this and failed. Um, um, this is MMA. We just did one in MMA. Uh, Arsanya. Adesanya moves up, better fighter, unworldly style bender, bigger guy. Bigger guy. Gets beat by a good, tough, bigger guy. That's what happens to Tank
2: tonight.
1: Now why do you Nah this is this is tough, Jared. This is this is why, tough. Go ahead. This is tough. I mean, again, you know, Barrios has has more uh, experience, more fights, hasn't quite faced up to the same level of competition, but I don't know, man.
0: I'll give you another example. 42 to one underdog, right? And you have the other guy is smaller. He's stout. He knocks everybody out. Think of a small, stout heavyweight that knocks everybody out. Everybody knows who I'm talking about. Got arrested, right, had all those things happen wrong, fought a bigger guy who was a better boxer who just lost his mom and lost as a 42-1 to favorite to Buster Douglas. This is that kind of fight where you have to look at those other things and say, this is a perfect storm for this guy to get mentally, physically. He's taking all of these disadvantages and then fighting a guy who's off in the woods and focused on nothing but beating you while you're out signing autographs. Like this is, this is the, the, the perfect storm tank Davis loses his fight. And that's where I'm putting my money to.
1: Yeah. I, I think I, I don't, cause you know, I don't even like tank Davis. I am not a tank Davis fan. I I am not in love with this guy, but this guy finds ways to win, and I think he's gonna. I think this will be. I think this is gonna be the fight where he gets exposed. I think. Okay. I still. I think. I think like with Haney, I think he'll win the Haney-ish. fight, but I. I. I think it'll be like, nah, Tank's not that good. There's
2: I some think holes it's, there, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, and I think Barrios is just exactly the guy to put the kind of beating on Davis that. This will this would either make him a better fighter, or it, the 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 trajectory will continue to be a little wonky. You know, I, I, you you beat a guy like Barrios, and all of a sudden you're like, I knew
0: I was the greatest. Like, we're ah. going to be back here next week talking about who Barrios makes sense to fight next, and we're going to be talking about the Hanies and the Ryan Garcias out there as the next fight for Mario Barrios. This is his Tiafimo Lopez versus Loma type fight and he's going to be in that 26 and 0 wasn't good enough for us to talk about you Mario. 27 and 0 will be. Mm.
1: This was a this is a tough week. Not having the jace buffer zone here I think made it a little bit tough.
0: Yeah, yeah, for you sure. Know what I, mean? I didn't I didn't realize what he was bringing. Don't know what you got till it's gone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, um all right, so uh, uh, I guess we talked some some best bets.
0: Yeah, yeah, the puncher's, punchers, the
1: chance. punchers' chance. Because you know what, Jared, everybody does, everybody does the best bet. That's stupid. Yeah. This is the puncher's chance because this is uh, a, yeah. you know, puncher's a punch chance. Up.
0: I gotta tell you, puncher's chance just barely beat out lucky punches. Ooh. Lucky punches. But I here's how you bet know. this. All right. I don't know if you've got $400 or $4,000 or $4 million or whatever, but this is how I bet my $40. Okay. A fights Sunday. The rest of these are on Saturday. Um, 25 to win 17 on a and Lubin. Then you put five on a Lubin and grant Brant, five on a Lubin and Barrios, and then five on all four. If you win all four, it's a $200 upswing. If you win just a Pucci and Lubin, you win $2 and any other combination of three turns into a, to a much better win, but a Pucci and Lubin to cover the other bets and Brandon Barrios for the upsets. That's the puncher's chance.
1: I love it. I'll throw you my, my one. I got one pick. My, my, my puncher's chance is Alexander Volkov as i said wow. 41 fights 22 by knockouts gone has eight fights in mma seven as a kickboxer just
0: i don't know i don't know how we got back here but if i pick one mma fight one bettable mma fight it's to take on at uh, minus 145.
1: i like the one i like plus 125. Wow. on Velcroft.
0: i just do. <laughs> don't hate me God. All right. We'll be back 4444.
1: Right. <laughs> I hope you're really writing that down. All right. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to break it off with some flurry time. Rocky Hill Accountants offers a unique low-pressure approach to professional and personal services, which is why they have an excellent client retention rate and are extremely proud of the high-quality services that their firm provides. The executive team at Rocky Hill Accountants has over 35 years of combined experience in income tax preparation, bookkeeping, accounting, and IT crypto tax. They specialize in individual income tax preparation, as well as trusts, estates, and gift tax. Returns the tax deadline for individuals is May 17th. If you're one of the 50 million Americans who still hasn't filed, visit rockyhillaccountants.com. How's All
4: right,
1: we are back, Jared. It's time for the flurry. Why don't you uh, do your thing,
0: ladies and gentlemen? Veteran of scrub scraps at this point started um, without the youngest. Scrub scraps fighters ever were ten year old Trinity versus nine year old Skyler. Trinity's my daughter. Skyler is his son. Third place for youngest fighter ever is fourteen year old Stephen Youngblood Curtis. Welcome to the show, my
4: brother. Thank you guys. Thank you. How are you guys doing?
0: Doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. Good to hear. You're
1: a monster! Oh my God! Look at the size of this guy.
4: <laughs> Were you uh, like that
1: at Scrub Scraps? Holy no! Strokes. No, I
4: was probably about no. 115 pounds, 14 years old, swinging with the best of them. I mean, I came in the underdog of underdogs. Uh, oh yeah, I was a little. I was a little, a little guy back then for sure. Uh, Billy DeCarly, he got me in. Uh, Hanging out with him. He's like an older brother growing up. And that's how I met Jared and Will and Little and, you know, just uh, showing up on the Sundays every third Sunday, you know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, uh, um, I remember in the beginning,
0: uh, the first time you fought, it was it was Little Chris. I called that, oh, that one. Out. Was, uh,
4: he was—he was the only one yeah. my size, but he had ten, twelve years of age on me. You know. I, yeah,
0: a lot of you weren't. I gotta say, you—you you don't feel like that was a unique experience to walk into Scrub Scraps and point to somebody and go, "Hey, I'll fight that guy." <laughs> With five foot five hundred and forty pound Billy DeCarly, five foot five one thirty five little Chris. Will was 145. Uh, Buju was 160. Like the biggest of those bangers that would knock you out was five nine one sixty. So right. a lot of people walked up and went, yo, fight that guy. Um, after that.
1: <laughs> I love Alex Crew.
4: He is oh 225. Meet me at 225. <laughs> oh, man. 225. Oh, man. This I, was I a long way. I'd probably need about another four years. Hold tight, Alex. <laughs>
0: so, so after, after that, um, we had a better idea of what we were working with. And again, we're a 14-year-old, 115-pound kid. Um, we, uh, his next few fights were like Billy, the guy that brought him there. was actually uh, one of my losses. was a five-round decision to Billy as Scrub Scrubs. Um, and then me and uh, um, people that weren't going to go out there and kill him. And right, then as exactly. we as we went along, we were able to get him really competitive fights. A trilogy with this kid named Brady. That was uh, a man. Was really I forgot good.
4: about Brady. That's right. Tell call him. I want a rematch.
0: <laughs> he's probably still one fifty, big dog.
4: That's not my problem. Um, I mean, <laughs> uh, right up to his latest
0: fight with uh with Wes. I think he's got seven or eight total scrub scraps and um. And is really one of the guys that, that uh, he wasn't there like for the beginning of Scrub Scraps, not like a pioneer of the program, but in his life, he was one of the people that I wasn't catching at their mid-20s, you know? Um, unlike Pax, he was participating in the program. Unlike Skyler or Trinity, he was kind of participating in the Scrub Scraps program and at 14 years old, that made for I like can't off the top of my head come up with anybody. I mean, Ray was younger when he started. There was that little group with Mike and Ray and them, but um, but this was you know, hence the nickname Youngblood. It wasn't just a, a clever nickname. You know, he walked in and said 14.
4: I was like, all right, well, we got a nickname <laughs> for this kid, and he's I'll been Young Blood with since. this guy. <laughs> we'll figure <laughs> it out. Hey, hop in that ring. There's a mouth glove mouth glove. Yo, mouth guard gloves. Let's go. You know. Uh, Mom, I mean, that's Glover, the only uh, way to do yeah. it. Sure. That's hats. the only way to do it. Get in there. That's it. Now, that's how I learned to drive trucks.
0: The, uh, <laughs> what would you say about the uh, the difference
4: that that experiencing the scrub scrap program has made in your life? Oh they man, say. confidence. Hundred percent confidence. Um, you know, being younger. And being able to grow up, hanging out with an older group, get to uh, learn—you learn a lot, especially in the ring. I mean, just it being knowing knowing that I can come into something a lot younger. I knew everybody was ten to twelve years older than I was. So that one thing about life with my confidence, it's like, you know what, that built me up where I know that I was able to get in there with a lot better fighters than me. I came in, I knew nothing about boxing, nothing. You know, I grew up a little bit with a karate background, but when I came into boxing, it was a hundred percent brand new, didn't know much about it, but I'd say throughout the years, you know, yeah, I can I was, I, I lost, I lost all my fights you know it's it's fine it is what it is but i knew in life if i was able to walk in there with the best of the best in my opinion looking at all you guys mm-hmm. you know it's like i was at this age being able to throw with these guys like yeah i'm sure everybody took it a little easy i was young you know but uh point being i was able to hold my own at a much higher level Oh, absolutely. Well, and those are long fights.
0: You didn't... There, I, I, I mean, Will Will is a banger. And yeah. Will's been stopped three oh, yeah. or four times. Like, you have never been stopped. I realized that coming up to this podcast, that you're 0-8, 0-7? Seven. Never been stopped. 0-7, and, and never yep. been stopped. Finished every fight. And the three with Brady and the last one with Wes, like, you had some really close fights that could have went either way. Um, but... But that's the victories in the ring and the, and the defeats don't always translate to victories and defeats in life. And Absolutely. I know that that 14-year-old kid, I can see tools that you use now in your life mm-hmm. that I feel like came from those experiences. Because that kid I met in the beginning, he didn't have it. He was, he was the toughest kid in the room every single time and didn't know how to fight from the bottom you know, or to stand on the top, didn't have either one of those skills. And now you've kind of, I mean, I can see it. It's been fun to watch. It's been fun to watch you grow up brother in a, in a way that I didn't, didn't get to watch a lot of other people because they were 20 something when I got them, you know?
4: Absolutely, man. It's been a pleasure for sure. I mean, uh I know we're, in future you're gonna get back in the ring and you know it'll be uh hopefully a better outcome but this time around i'm picking and choosing my fights I, i'm gonna <laughs> i'm not just gonna say okay yeah i'll take that fight now we're gonna strategize a little more all right <laughs> do, a, do, do
0: a little bit of bit of, bit of management
4: yeah <laughs> but that was the thing me growing up it was um i wasn't a tough kid or anything but like i knew i could just get in there with anybody you know whatever i'll do it let's go you know i was hungry survive it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah
1: so but, steven you said you you had a karate background not not necessarily into fighting uh you go to you come out for a scrub scrap and absolutely fall in love with it what was the charm i know jared's uh an amazing person but what what was it uh, exactly where you were like oh yeah this
4: the brotherhood You know, it didn't matter if we were competing against each other. It was just the simple fact of how close everybody was. You know, we had this group when I started in with you guys, I think there was maybe like 15 to 20, somewhere Mm -hmm. around there. But it was like, it was definitely, it was definitely the friendship, the brotherhood. This is way before any of us even had kids of our own. We were still the kids. So just being able to uh, go through life and, you know, you got all these guys, we still get together. Not like we did back then, unfortunately, but you know, now we're older and what that was, I'm 31 now. So 17 years ago was the first time I stepped in that, mm. right? You know, and we're, here we are 17 years later, still talking and, you know, uh, it's good to be able to still have that brotherhood. That's, man, you just made me
0: emotional talking about it because I feel like that was, that was kind of, um, like I felt like if I had had something like that to walk into when I was 14, you know, like that's the part that I would have seen and been like, I want to be a part of this, you know, I need to be a part of something like this, you know, the camaraderie that we were able to build, um, with just everybody that, that came and participated, it's just like a family, you know, it's beautiful. Yeah.
4: Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, you know, when you learn in life, you know, you'll learn that a lot of people will, you know, talk up until it's time to actually step in that ring, you know, it makes a Mm. huge difference. A lot of people, and that's just, that's talking outside the box. And I'm just saying in life, you know, a lot of people say, I'm going to do this, this, and this, but never duck under never put their leg over, in under, through. you know, right. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, just with my own personal life, you know, I've, I've always set these goals for my own career, my own standards, my own life, and I've been able to meet them. And, you know, this all stems from discipline from childhood and growing up. So, you know, it's, it's all about having that goal and making it and then setting that next one and keep, Keep plotting.
0: Oh yeah. Next right step.
1: You know, Steven, everybody uh who comes on from Scrub Scraps, uh, and I kinda I baited you with the question. I I assume you were gonna talk about the camaraderie. I mean, there's just something about that feeling of belonging. You talked about the boosting of confidence, right? Being around these older guys that I'm sure Jared seemed really cool at the time. You know his ship is his ship is sailed now but back then i could see where a young blood would look up and be like wow that guy's amazing um but yeah um what what do you think it is about dudes punching each other in the face that develops such amazing camaraderie
4: um Simple. I mean, whether I win or lose, when we walk out of that ring, we're still friends. We're not, you know, nobody's running their mouth, oh, I beat you or I beat you. And I don't think anything's ever even said outside of that ring. Ever. It's not because we don't go in there I mean, yes, we go in there to win. That's you know, that's what we're there to do. But when it when it leaves the ring, it's brotherhood. We're not we're not bragging we're not saying this we're not saying that because you got to remember inside of that ring and outside of that ring is two totally different things i may be better outside of it or i might be better inside of it you know what i'm saying um when it comes to a fighting aspect you know what i i like to wrestle i'm a pretty good wrestler you know i ain't the greatest boxer but you know i like to get inside i like to be aggressive but you know it's kind of my thing I'm not that good as a boxer, but <laughs> we're learning still.
0: What do you think? Um, what do you think happens if you remove that part of your life? Say that again. Just listening to you talk about. I mean, I just came up. It's kind of a follow-up question. Um, what do you think happens? Who is young blood? If there's no, if they're without young blood. Who is stephen curtis if you remove if you can somehow remove scrub scraps from your life where are you what do you become what's the difference
4: less able to i'd say definitely less able to fight some of the battles i've fought in life you know mm-hmm. um especially due to the fact that like i had said from the beginning with 14 year old stephen getting into the ring that built a lot of my confidence i was able to come out swinging and uh that that was a big part of my life growing up like yeah no now i'm not afraid of you or you you know what i'm saying it's uh it was a good build Mm. um where would i be now probably not as confident for sure you know but Mm. that's one thing about life that i learned you need to have your confidence to reach your next goals you know, if you uh, if you don't really shoot for it, then it's not going to happen. Mm.
0: You can't you can't knock anybody out if you're not swinging. It's funny I watch fights all the time where I'm thinking where a guy's getting dominated, and I'm thinking throw something that mm-hmm. might make a difference. That's one you know, thing that's going these on with things that aren't going to change the tide, mm-hmm. but they're kind of keeping them in it, but not going to change anything. If you're going to go down put some ammunition out there that might make make a difference you know start to put your pea shooter away and throw a grenade because what you're doing isn't working (laughs) and that, that kind of learn on the fly and like i'm sure i wouldn't be able to you know do the
4: do the uh navigating that i'm capable of without the boxing background absolutely you know, and that's one thing with Skyler. I mean, he just made his first year of All Stars baseball, so we're we're very proud nice. of him for that. Yes, you know he, uh, he, you know he's finally hit. He's thirteen. He hit. He got a little taller. He's getting a little bigger. But one thing I'm trying to drill into his head is we swing, swing, swing for the fences, make good contact. You know, he, yeah. he likes to. He, you know, he's small, and I think he's still a little afraid of the ball once in a while which hey that's cool i get it you got 60 mile an hour coming to your head you know but uh one thing i'm trying to drill in him is financial intelligence for one we we have a lot of financial talks because that's very important um Mm. and swinging you know all around and this is baseball this is inside baseball outside of baseball we got to go for everything we want no matter what
0: well, and I think that's, that's where sport in general, people say it helps develop character um, you, because it's, it's really a lot of the things I talk about from Scrub Scraps you could get anywhere. That um, um, opening of trauma doesn't really happen when, with baseball, you know? It doesn't, and then when it does because you're scared of the ball, you're just kind of left out there with a bat. Which right. I, I could get into the psychology of that, but <laughs> another time. It's actually safer in that instance. Boxing is actually a safer activity. Um, for the psychology of the of the athlete. But, I, um, a lot I, think, of- I think I think you're right. right if you don't right. I mean <laughs> you can't walk every time some people are going to throw strikes and you're going to have to swing the bat, you know? And when you're able to get in there, when you're able to look at that group of dudes and go, that one's almost my size. I'll fight him at 14 years old. You know, and then you're, and then you're, you know, 20 and and have to figure out in a slow pitch softball league whether you want to swing the bat or not. You know what I'm saying? You're you're in college college baseball and figuring out whether to. You're on the on the diving board at summer camp, and you're trying to figure out whether to take the plunge. And everybody's kind of staring at you, and you can do those things based on the fact that when it was a fight, you walked in there and we rang the bell. Yeah. And when we rang the last bell, you were still standing there. Oh wow. Stopped in the first fight. So Little seven Chris. decisions though. Little yeah, Chris. yeah. Little Which Chris. is fair. Yeah. Little Chris is a monster, dude. That's my draw, yeah. by the way. That's that one was... of my two draws.
4: That was a right. That was a right that I'll never forget. My head went like this, like uh when I got hit. It was my first initial and I just remember like I was dazed and my gloves went like this. Yeah, that video, that that video, the
0: best part of that video for me wasn't the punch. I actually didn't like the punch. I talked to a little Chris about it afterward because you kind of were taking an extra step and turning back to face him when he threw it, you know, but the the funniest part of that video was the people behind you because they were so close to the ropes that when you got hit and went like this. All of their heads were it looked like everybody in that row got it. <laughs> 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 but um, but I, I know that we've got something special here. You know, last week I said I feel like we built a bridge from the uh, sick and broken and dysfunctional people that we were to the strong and confident and happy and successful people that we are today, and Scrub Scraps is that bridge. You know, and as soon as the rest of the world uh, removes the do not enter sign off of our bridge, we'll start walking people across it again and they'll go from broken to functional because that's what we're really doing there at the end of the day.
4: You know, yeah, and the like uh, one of my favorite aspects of it is, you know, like I said, we we keep it in the ring. Like, you know, when we walk outside that ring, we're all talking, you know, back to, you know, what we do as a whole as friends, you know. Like, there's no, Steven, you lost this. Steven, you lost this. Stevie, you know, I never heard that from anybody, you know? Oh, yeah.
0: Even, it's, even it's embarrassing. Judging, it's, it's embarrassing not, you know? You know
4: yeah. You know, but. But at the same time, it's like, okay, you know what? Somebody starts saying that you get in there with Jared, you get in there with Billy to Carly, you I get in see. there with. You. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Were you there when um Phil Feltenberger, a kid named Ian Sharon, was uh, was on the sideline and Phil Feltenberger's fighting Scott? Actually, my wife's brother is fighting Phil Feltenberger, and Phil's kind of putting a whooping on him, and um and Ian's going. You drank too much Jaeger last night. I told you, dude. He says, watch out for the left. Whoa, oh, I tried to warn you. He's laughing at it and like, oh, just going man. up on the sideline. During the fight, Phil takes a little jab step. And when Scott backs up, he reaches over onto the desks, grabs the wrist wraps, Throws him at Ian with the glove on and says, wrap your wrists up. When when he's done, you can show him what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out of here. Um, beautiful, yeah. but yeah, definitely yeah. beautiful experience, man. Definitely a, a beautiful, beautiful thing that we, yeah. we're we all able to do when I'm... Uh, I'm looking forward to it being back. I mean, it's been off for a few years, but um, <laughs> I'd say
4: uh, funniest. Well, not funniest. One of the craziest fights was uh, Will Brand and was it Dub Dub? Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Who might be on next week? By the way, wait, do what? Spoiler alert: Dub Dub might be next week's guest. But, yeah, yeah, Will fought uh, Mike Patriz and James Walcott and the biggest guys. Yeah, but Dub Dub was one of them. uh, We actually just uh, reviewed that fight with Will. Will was on here a week or two
4: ago. I mean, he did something like this. He, like, dropped his shoulder and came all the way back. Next thing you see him, just come around. You know, I just remember he would, like, drop that shoulder and turn, you know. It that quick. fish wiggle we call it. If you hold a fish by the tail, it goes like this. <laughs> That's Will
0: does that in basketball and in boxing. He's got this little <laughs> little fish wiggle. He does. It's cool though. He makes it work. He makes it work. So yeah, that was a that was yeah. a great fight. But hey,
4: one thing with one thing with box and we nope, box is the same. We all move differently. We all have our own game, our own strategy. You know. Uh, it's it's like i mean for me i'm a truck driver that's what i do i I love trucking we all do the same thing but very different ways Mm.
0: yeah well and your own aspects of your character and your personality and your um, conditioning come out when you do those things it's just a lot easier to see when you put somebody in a boxing ring (laughs) absolutely Absolutely. i really appreciate you
1: wait hold on jace isn't here Somebody has to ask the question (laughs) if you could talk to somebody about scrub scraps to get them to go to it, what would be your
4: pitch? Oh man. What can, what can I say on air? Hang on. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously. My pitch would be, you know what? It's not for everybody, but it is for most. You know, a, a lot of uh, a lot of the younger generation. I mean, you know, we we got a lot of testosterone, so you want to you want to re- release some of that, and you think you're as tough as you are. Step in that ring, you know, uh, you know, and like like I said, it all stays in the ring. We don't take this outside of there, you know, and that's that's the best part about it. My pitch would be pretty much something along those lines, like, you know, uh, come try it out, you know, and. Join the brotherhood, really, because that's what it's really about at the end of the day. It ain't about, you know, winning or losing, you know, until you're in the ring. But outside of that, well, what a great time we have. How many picnics have we had? Wiffle ball, um, fishing buddies, uh, swimming, going here, doing this. I can name just thousands of memories with different individuals of this same group that I still converse with to this day.
0: Mm. Well done. <laughs> Good <Yeah>. answer. <laughs> hey, I appreciate Steven, you, Youngblood, man. Steven do
1: Youngblood it. Curtis, thank you for being with us, man. We really do appreciate it. Jace Garcia, we hope you feel better or not. i, I You know, I guess that would be preferable. I kid. Uh, for yeah i know i'm just we playing. missed you chase we missed <laughs> of you course, chase we'll see you of
0: next week you my brother
1: uh make sure you check <laughs> us out uh the facebook page throwing jabs uh our our uh, one of the tape videos nine thousand uh views last week so we uh we have arrived on the scene at this point as far as uh combat sports shows are concerned throwing jabs is part of the cmg sports network for more Visit Clovercrestmedia.com for over 40 different podcasts, including a dozen uh, like this one that are sports-themed. For Jared Jones, I'm Joe McGuire. We will catch you next Saturday at 10 o'clock right here on Throwing Jabs.
0: Throwing jabs, always full send, here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jace, Clover, crest. top three corner man punching in with a puncher's chance, we find a way to win. The main event, locked it in every Saturday at 10. The overhand is out of hand when it comes to fist to cuffs. Slide a hand on the undercard, you'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave. feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up feeling faint from a faint. Take a standing aid, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move, bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes, There's always, an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counterpart punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bring in crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs